0: Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Our scripture today is 1 Corinthians 13 1 13. And though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. What is the greatest thing in all the world? Some might say having lots of power, pleasure, wealth, and fame. Others may say health and happiness or success. The Bible says that the greatest thing in all the world is love. Love, writes Mortimer Adler, is everywhere in the universe, in all things which have their being from the generosity of God's love. St. John the Apostle writes, Beloved, Let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We come to 1 Corinthians 13, to one of the mountaintop peaks of the New Testament. I want us to see how Paul describes the glorious subject of love in three parts. In verses 1 through 3, he talks about the utter necessity of love. In verses 4 through 7, the moral excellency of love, and in verses 8-13, through the abiding supremacy of love. For some people, this chapter is the most inspiring and wonderful in the whole New Testament. It is read repeatedly in wedding ceremonies and is the subject of speeches and songs. St. Paul begins with the utter necessity of love. He says that a man can have any spiritual gift, but if it isn't accompanied and energized by love, it is useless. People can have extraordinary spiritual gifts, intellectual gifts, the gift of great faith, the gift of giving alms to the poor, and none of it matters without love. Then in verses 4 through 7, St. Paul gets to the very heart of the chapter. He lists 15 characteristics of genuine divine love. These are not descriptions of natural human love, But of love defined and revealed by the Lord Jesus Himself. In fact, we could go through these verses and substitute Christ for the word love. First, love is patient. This word means patient with people, not giving in to bitterness and anger. This is love passive, waiting to do its work with a humble and quiet spirit. Love is kind. This is love actively engaged in doing good to others. A wise man said, The greatest thing a man can do for his heavenly father is to be kind to some of his other children. The Quaker Stephen Grellett said, Any kindness that I can show to anyone, let me do it now, for I shall not pass this way again. Love does not envy Envy is a feeling of ill will towards others because we covet what they have and want it for ourselves. The opposite of envy is magnanimity, large heartedness, greatness of mind and soul, being glad for the blessings of others. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love is self effacing rather than taking an attitude of superiority. Love knows its own unworthiness and is humble. Love is not inflated with its own importance. Napoleon said, I am not like other men. The laws of morality do not apply to me. However, a truly great man never thinks of his own importance. William Carey of England, who began life as a shoe cobbler, was one of the greatest missionary linguists the world has ever seen. He translated parts of the Bible into 34 different Indian languages. When he came to India, he was regarded with dislike and contempt. At a dinner party, someone asked in a humiliating tone of voice, I suppose, Mr. Carey, you once worked as a shoemaker. No, your lordship, answered Carey. Not a shoemaker, only a shoe cobbler. Carey didn't even claim to make shoes just to mend them. Love is not inflated with its own importance. Love does not seek its own. Love is more concerned for the real needs of others and less preoccupied with its own rights and needs. It is said that there are really only two kinds of people in the world, those who insist on their own rights and those who always remember their responsibilities. There are people who are always thinking of what life owes them and there are those who never forget what they owe to life. Sadly, there are those in our modern world who teach the opposite of what the Bible declares to be true. One New Age writer says, Love of self is the greatest thing you can achieve in your whole life. If you learn to truly love yourself, you will find the peace, love, and harmony you desire through the help of spirit guides always available to you. This is a search for love that will lead only to deeper and deeper darkness. Love is not provoked. It does not lose its temper. Kipling, the famous English poet, said that it was the test of a man that he could keep his head when everyone else was losing theirs. Jonathan Edwards, the third president of Princeton University and one of the greatest preachers in history, had a daughter with an uncontrollable temper. A young man fell in love with his daughter and came to ask Edwards for her hand in marriage. Dr. Edwards, I want to marry your daughter. May I have your permission? You can't have her, Edwards abruptly answered. But I love her, the young man said. You still can't have her, Edwards repeated. But she loves me, replied the young man. You still can't have her. Why? he asked. Because she's not worthy of you. But he said, she's a Christian, isn't she? Yes, said Edwards, but the grace of God can live with some people with whom no one else could ever live. Love does not store up the memory of wrongs received. The word used in verse 5 for thinks no evil is an accountant's word for entering something in a ledger so it won't be forgotten. Our problem, beloved, is that we do store up memory of wrongs received. One of the great lessons of life is to learn what to forget and put behind us. Don't meditate on past hurts or wrongs. Let them go. First Peter 4.8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. There is something perverse in human nature that secretly rejoices to hear of the misfortunes of others, of the falling of others into sin. Well, he deserved that. He had it coming to him. That's rejoicing in iniquity. But love rejoices in the truth. John Huss, the 15th century godly priest and reformer, said, Therefore, faithful Christian, seek the truth, hear the truth, learn the truth, love the truth, speak the truth, adhere to the truth, and defend the truth even until death. For the truth will make you free from sin, the devil, and death. Love bears all things. Love bears any insult, any injury, and any disappointment. It endures trouble with fortitude and without resentment. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, David and his fighting men return from war to find their city burned with fire and their wives and children taken captive. They weep bitterly over their loss, and the people speak of stoning David for they needed someone to blame. The scripture says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David endured under hardship and pressure because he allowed his heart to be filled with the love of his Lord. Love believes all things. Love trusts in God no matter what. Love takes God at his word and places our confidence in him. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Love never ceases to hope. Love keeps looking up and refuses to despair. Our Lord Jesus believed that no one was hopeless, but all could experience the joy of union and communion with him. Adam Clark was a famous British theologian, but during his school days he was very slow to learn. One day a distinguished visitor came to his school and the teacher pointed at Adam Clark and said, That is the stupidest boy in the whole school. Before he left, the visitor spoke privately to Adam Clark. Never mind what your teacher says, my boy. You will be a great scholar someday. Don't be discouraged. Try hard and keep on trying. The teacher was unloving and hopeless. The visitor was loving and hopeful. Love endures all things. Love allows us to stay focused even in the most adverse circumstances and to transform them for the better. The word used here in verse 7 is one of the greatest Greek words. It means to hold up under trial, not with passive resignation, but with triumphant fortitude, to remain steadfast in the face of unpleasant circumstances. Winston Churchill, Prime Minister of Great Britain during the fierce onslaught of Hitler in World War II, said, We cannot tell what the course of this awful war will be as it spreads remorseless through ever wider regions. But we know that we shall not flinch from the supreme trial. With the help of God, of which we must all feel daily conscious, we shall continue steadfast in faith and duty until our task is done. That's holding up under difficult circumstances. You are listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson, bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. So here we have the analysis of love, the portrait of love, as it is revealed and modeled in the Lord Jesus. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now the great opportunity we have is to experience and practice love in our daily lives. This is the great commandment, to love God and to love our neighbor. How do we obey this command? Life is full of opportunities to learn and practice love. The world is not a playground, but a schoolroom in which to learn love. Life is not unending entertainment, but constant education in the art of loving. What makes a good artist, a good musician, a good athlete, a good linguist, a good secretary, a good housekeeper, a good lawyer, a good doctor? Practice and more practice every day. Remember that each of these descriptions of love aren't adjectives or nouns, they are verbs. Love isn't a feeling or an emotion. It's an act of will and commitment. Love isn't known by what it feels or by what it says, but by what it does. That's why Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now in verses 8 through 13, Paul describes the abiding supremacy of love. He has three final things to say about love. He says that the virtues of faith, hope, and love outlast all other spiritual gifts. That's because faith, hope, and love have absolute permanency. What this means is that when everything that man thinks is important has passed away, faith, hope, and love will still stand. And love is the greatest of the three virtues. When our homes and buildings, our possessions, our money, our books, our programs and initiatives are gone, love will endure forever. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, says, Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. The one and only thing that is absolutely unconquerable is love. It stands against the assaults of time and circumstance and transcends even death. Some people are curious about heaven and eternity. What will heaven be like, they wonder. St. Paul says in verse 10, When the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When Christ returns to complete human history and renew all creation, eternity will begin and we will experience heaven on earth. At this time, what will be the dominating attitude, impulse, and experience of eternal heaven? It will be unstoppable, overwhelming, lavish, abundant faith, hope, and love. Throughout the long ages of eternity, faith will continually change into vision as we see God face to face and adore Him. Hope will continually change into possession as our longing for joyful union with God is continually satisfied. Faith, hope, and love endure forever. And love is the greatest of the virtues, love overflowing and overwhelming with joy and peace in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. C.S. Lewis talks about this unspeakably wonderful moment of total love and joy in heaven. He says, At present we are on the outside of the world, the wrong side of the door. We discern the freshness and purity of morning, but they do not make us fresh and pure. We cannot mingle with the splendors we see, but all the leaves of the New Testament are rustling with the rumor that it will not always be so. Someday, God willing, we shall get in. Get into what, beloved? Into extravagant, unending, abounding, everlasting love. St. Paul says in verses 11-13 through that there is a time when prophecy and tongues and knowledge will pass away. These are all temporary modes of understanding and communication. All this will one day drop away and we will be left standing naked before God, stripped of all accomplishments, knowledge, and possessions. But if we are clothed with faith, hope, and love, we shall not be found naked in God's eyes. We must cultivate these higher virtues here in our earthly life. For if we hold fast to faith, hope, and love, death will not take from us what is most important, but will usher us into the perfect form of all we have been and done upon the earth. Faith, hope, and love are the only eternal realities. Your gifts, abilities, talents, and relationships are only temporary. Your possessions and ministries and acquisitions are temporary, but faith, hope, and love connect you to God for eternity. When the Christian stands in the white light of God's holy love, in the beauty of the fullness of intimate personal communion and fellowship with God, all the limitations of this life will be gone. We will no longer struggle with the incompleteness of prophecy, knowledge, and spiritual gifts because we will see God and speak with Him face to face. God calls each of us to grow more and more in the fullness of His love. This is the constant theme of all of Paul's epistles. Ephesians 5.2 says, Walk in love, just as Christ also loved you. Philippians 1.9 says, May your love abound still more and more. Colossians 3.14, Above everything else, put on love. 1 Thessalonians 5.13, Esteem one another very highly in love. 2 Thessalonians 3.5, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. We could go on and on through each of the New Testament epistles to find this focus on love. Now let's make this very practical and down to earth. Love is a lofty calling, but we need to work it out in our day-to-day lives. How do we lay hold of God's love and become more and more people of love? First, we must realize that all that we are and all that we have is a gift of God's love. God's love is prior to all things and is the source of all things. The poet Henley said, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. Henley got it wrong. We are not the captains of our own lives, the masters of our own fate. We are utterly dependent upon God at every moment. Understanding this develops within us gratitude and humility the two prerequisites for receiving and giving love. People who are proud and ungrateful cannot receive and give love. We must thankfully acknowledge that our entire life, our breath, our heartbeat, our family, our work, our church, the Bible, forgiveness, eternal life, all the good of salvation, everything is a gift of God's immeasurable love. Even prayer itself and our progress in being united with God and enjoying communion with Him is a gift of God's love. Second, we lay hold of God's love as we immerse ourselves ever more deeply into His love. This requires a constant turning inwardly to God and practicing awareness of His presence, as Brother Lawrence would say. We must be drowned in the overwhelming sea of God's love we must constantly daily fall in deeper and deeper love with the Lord Jesus. As the chorus goes, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. One of my favorite hymns is, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling like a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of thy love, leading onward, leading homeward, to my glorious rest above. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, spread his praise from shore to shore. How he loveth, ever loveth, changeth never, never nevermore. How he watcheth o'er his loved ones, died to call them all his own, how for them he intercedeth, watcheth o'er them from the throne. O the deep, deep love of Jesus, love of every love the best, tis an ocean vast of blessing, tis a haven sweet of rest. O the deep, deep love of Jesus, tis a heaven of heavens to me, and it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to Thee. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we bow to your command to love one another as you have loved us. We are ashamed of how far short we have fallen from the goal of love. Forgive us, cleanse our hearts, and fill us with your love. Grant us gratefulness and humility because only grateful, humble people can receive and give love. We look forward to the day when we will live in the unimaginable joy of perfect faith, hope, and love. Fill us now with these virtues day by day. May we be known for our love that others may know that we belong to you. These things we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. And listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at Godet That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E-Ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener-supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable.